0: Hi Calvary Vista women, my dear sisters, I have missed seeing your lovely faces. It has been such an interesting week since last we met together for Bible study. Um, So much has changed, but before we dive into our study, I just want to remind myself and all of us that um, one thing hasn't changed, that Jesus is still on the throne he is still our King. He is still our Savior. He is still mighty and high and lifted up, the name above every other name. Um, John chapter 16, verse 33, our Lord says, In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And our Lord um Our Lord's words haven't changed. He has overcome this world. Um, So my prayer is for all of us that we will continue to see um, as the weeks go forward that God's word is always our lifeline. He is always our peace, and we needn't be afraid of any giant that we may face. We have heard from the Lord throughout uh, the last eight, nine weeks of our Colossians study, We have met with Him, and we have seen Him in the light of Scripture. So, through this video and this teaching, we're going to do that again. Isn't it a wonderful thing that we still have a form of fellowship um, with one another? So, I'm going to pray. Father, we thank You this morning, this day, that um, we have Your Word. That we have this book of Colossians that has been... um, Just zeroing in on our hearts that has revealed to us in deeper ways who you are and who you are to us, who we are to you, and um, what that means when we walk out practically in this life. So God, I pray that you would just be over this time and this study, uh, that you would empower me to teach your word effectively. God, we... We give you this time, Lord. May I decrease and you increase in me. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) So, I love watching sermons online and teachings online and YouTube teachings. So, this is kind of exciting. Um, One thing I love about that is that I can pause and take down notes. As we know, we've been encouraged by our dear Debbie Bryson to always have pen and paper and as Merz said, the Holy Spirit highlighter when we sit down and do our devotions and also when we come to Bible study. So I encourage you ladies, if you haven't got those things with you, pause the video, go grab pen and paper and highlighter and let's uh, let's get into this. So. Uh, God has shown me three major points in this last chapter of Colossians. We're going chapter 4, verse 2 to the end, verse 18. Um, So these three points, number one is people, number two, evangelism, and number three, prayer. Uh, We will actually begin with the end of the chapter and end with the beginning. These three topics bleed over into one another and complement one another and hold one another up especially prayer. We need to be in constant communication with our God and ever positioning ourselves to hear him. So let's start. Um, Colossians chapter 4, verse 7. uh, Read along with me. Uh, Titius, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord, will tell you all the news about me. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will make known to you all things which are happening here. Artistarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. About whom you received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called justice, these are my my only fellow workers of the kingdom of God, who are of the circumcision, who are Jews. They have proved to be a comfort to me. Apaphras, who is one of you, a bond servant of Christ, preaches you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you and those who are in Laodicea and those in Heropolis. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and Nymphis and the church that is in his house. Now, when this epistle is read among you, See that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. And I say to Archibus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. This salutation by my own hand, Paul. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Amen. So our first application is in this section. God loves people. God loves you. He sent his one and only son to rescue people from sin and death. May we never lose sight of this simple but profoundly life-altering fact of our good father. The theme of our written study has been strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Does anyone need that? I need that. We may in the future and certainly are now facing uncertainties in this life, but we never have to be uncertain about God's love for us. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. May we gain strength and power from the love of God poured out in abundance upon our hearts. Sorry, excuse me. The saints mentioned here in this last um, chapter, in this final greeting, uh, reflect people who have this strength and power working practically in their lives. When we look at this, we see... Beloved brothers, faithful ministers, fellow servants. We see those who comfort others, those who labor fervently in prayer, those who have great zeal for the body of believers, those who open their homes to teach the word, those who give up their very lives for the cause of Christ. We are in the practical application portion of this letter. This has been previously stated, but it does bear repeating. We must be theologically and doctrinally sound in order to powerfully and intentionally walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, and to walk in wisdom through this life. Let's remember where we've been as we go forward. Uh, Pen and paper, ladies. Our empowerment how we are strengthened with all might starts with salvation, the receiving of Christ's redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, Colossians 1.14, which means we are now submitted to the authority of the preeminent one, Colossians 1.18. Then, being sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 1.13-14, and having Christ in us, the hope of glory, Colossians 2.7, gives us grounded and steadfast faith in Christ, Colossians one twenty three, Abiding in him as he abides in us, John 14, causes us to walk in him, Colossians 2.6. Rooted and built up in Christ and established in the faith, Colossians 2.7 leading us to set our minds on things above, Colossians 3.2, because we have died to our sin and our lives are now hidden in Christ, Colossians 3.3. This is our foundation of strength and power. We can see the heart of God toward toward us on display in this final greeting. He sees us. He hears us. He is aware of every tiny detail of our lives. I'm reminded of Genesis chapter 16. It's this amazing section of scripture. It's the unfolding story of Abraham and Sarah. In chapter 16, we are entered into this situation brought about by impatience and a lack of faith. Which, by the way, is the opposite of strength and power. Sarai decides that she's going to help God fulfill his promise of a son to Abraham by giving her husband, her Egyptian slave, Hagar, as a concubine, in order to bear a child on Sarai's behalf. Side note, ladies, uh, we can't ever help out God. He doesn't need our help with anything. uh, By only his words, did creation come into being? So, Hagar becomes pregnant. And guess what? There is jealousy between Sarai and Hagar. Bad blood. Big surprise. Hagar behaves poorly. Sarai behaves poorly. And so Hagar runs away from her masters into the wilderness. She's pregnant, alone, distraught. A woman in a culture where women were only property, and to drive it deeper, a slave with no choices, no options, and no hope. Verse 7 says, Now the angel of the Lord found her. God sought after Hagar. In the scheme of the world, a nobody with nothing was pursued by God, comforted by Him, encouraged by Him, and given promises from Him for her unborn baby. Why? Verse 11 tells us because the Lord has heard your affliction. Sisters, God hears your affliction, He hears my affliction. Hagar calls God Elroy. The God who sees me. All throughout the four Gospels, we read, Jesus saw, Jesus looked, Jesus watched, he heard, and he was moved with compassion. Whatever situation you find yourself in today, Elroy, the God who sees, is seeing you. And he is moved with compassion on your behalf. The very last line of this letter, Paul rings out with this stark declaration. Remember my chains. Paul was imprisoned for preaching the gospel. Let us not, for a moment, imagine that God forgot Paul. He did not leave Paul to waste away in a dark and dirty prison cell. No. He strengthened Paul. He empowered Paul. He gave wings to Paul's soul to soar above his earthly circumstances. The Lord supernaturally turned Paul's confinement into freedom to minister to a countless number of people throughout history in the pages of Scripture. I want to read something to you that I feel very much reflects This thought uh, streams in the desert, one of my favorite devotionals. It's from March 3rd. And the Spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. Mark chapter 9, verse 26. The devotion says, Evil never surrenders its hold without a sore fight. We never pass into any spiritual inheritance through the delightful exercises of a picnic. goes on later to say, we are not born again into soft and protected nurseries, but in the open country where we suck strength from the very terror of the tempest. And then it shares with us a song. Faith of our fathers, living still, in spite of dungeon, fire, and sword. Oh, how our hearts beat high with joy whenever we hear that glorious word. Faith of our fathers, holy faith. We will be true to thee till death. Our fathers, chained in prisons dark, were still in heart and conscience free. How sweet would be their children's fate if they, like him, them, could die for thee. Not born again into soft and protected nurseries, but in the open country where we suck strength from the very terror of the tempest. <laughs> The Lord does not waste these times of affliction, these times of chains. The storms of life become the catalyst of great growth in the life of the believer who is surrendered to God and surrendered to a higher calling than ease and comfort in a world that is passing away. Paul's plea, remember my chains was a plea for his readers to see as God sees and to move as God moves. This final greeting shows us people who reflect this characteristic of God. They are people who see others and are moved with compassion toward them at whatever the cost. The threat of imprisonment, beatings, and rejection was as true for Epaphras or Onesimus, or Demas, as it was for Paul. But they counted the cost of following Christ and gave up their own will to submit to the higher will, the better way of God the Father. Being strengthened with all might by the power of God enables selfish and self-centered people, which is what we all are in our flesh, to become faithful ministers for Christ in this broken world, regardless of the personal inconvenience. So ladies, let's be women who see. Let's be women who remember that there are those all around us wrapped up in chains. Our next point, number two, is evangelism from Colossians chapter 4, 3 through 6. One second. So I'm going to read that starting at verse three. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Verse five, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. When we are people who see people and who are moved with compassion as Christ in us does, we should care deeply about the salvation of the lost. It is the most important and highest calling that we have. Being nice to those outside the faith, showing love, and being Christ-like is excellent and is what we ought to do. But, if we are not directly sharing the gospel with them, it's useless. It's popular to say, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. It is always necessary to use words. Scripture tells us, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10:17. What was Paul's prayer request? That God would open a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, that he may make it manifest as he ought to speak. Paul goes on to say, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. A little practical application. I have a favorite grocery store. Mine is relatively small. And over the years, my daughter and I have gotten to know those that work there. Uh, This is not just a place that I shop. This is a place that I minister God's love. The Lord has at various times opened my mouth to share his hope, his love, and his care to the employees of this store. Because he sees them. He loves them. We have places that we go all the time that are not just what they appear to be. It could be our kids' school, our grocery store, our jobs, the doctor's office. These are all the fields ripe for the harvest that's from John 4, chapter 4, 35 to 38. What about social media? This, too, is a field ripe for the harvest. We can redeem our social media time by being light bearers and good news sharers. There are people all around us that are dead in their sin and heading to eternal separation from God out of darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. But we have the cure. We are the workers that Jesus has chosen for the field, planting seeds, watering the ground, and harvesting the, the fruit. Let's redeem the time we have. It's short and getting shorter. One more thought from Paul on this topic, and it's a big one. So walk in wisdom, redeem the time, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Be careful, little mouth, what you say, for the Father up above is looking down in love, so be careful, little mouth, what you say. We were already taught by Paul that because our lives are now hidden in Christ, Colossians 3.3, 3, and we have put on the new man, Colossians 3.10, we are not to be participating in anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, and lying, Colossians 3.8. We are light bearers of God in a dark and dying world. Our words and our actions must be consistent with who God is and what He says in His Word. We will not be effective ministers to one another or preachers of the gospel if one moment we are espousing the love of Jesus and the next ridiculing and giving hateful responses to those outside the faith. In contrast, we will also not be effective for the kingdom if we are too timid to speak the truth when those around us are caught up in darkness but in all this we must do so in love Ephesians 4:15 Over the last week or more we have had the opportunity to be loving kind gentle voices that can point the fearful and the lost to put their hope in Jesus Christ. We are in a unique situation with what's been going on with COVID-19 and this quarantine. Are we are we redeeming this for the kingdom of God? Are we walking in wisdom toward those who are outside the faith using this as an opportunity to share the gospel? Or are we using this as an opportunity to share our opinions? Some are very scared and vulnerable to enemy attack. Are we sensitive to that? Let us remember Paul's chains. They did not hinder him from sharing the gospel. And our current quarantine does not hinder us. I pray that God would give us his eyes, his ears, and his heart for those that are not yet his. Lord, move us with compassion and wisdom toward the lost and open our mouths to share the gospel. This leads us to our final point. Number three, prayer. And that leads us to the beginning of the passage. So, verse two and three. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Just a few thoughts on this, and that's hard because prayer can be the topic of an entire series of teaching. Our Heavenly Father gave us the gift of prayer. He didn't have to. He knows everything already. It's a gift for us. It's not a tool a manipulation to get what we want, and it is not some re- religious ritual with no meaning. Always looking to Jesus, we can know what our heart posture should be. Luke chapter five, verse sixteen, says, "Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer." Are we often dry- drawing away to be alone with God? Talking with him in private. Jesus also gave us the perfect model for prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13, from the New Living Translation. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. It's a really simple model, addressing God properly as who He is, seeking after His kingdom, simple requests for what we need, confession of sin, and help against temptation. My sweet little girl can get so tied up in knots about prayers. Am I doing it right, mommy? Was it long enough? Did I say the right things? If that's you, I want to say to you what I say to her. What matters is your heart in prayer. We are not heard for our many and eloquent words. We are heard because our heart is surrendered to the will of God. Verse 3 says, Praying also for us. I want to just share a few resources that I have um, that have really revolutionized uh, my prayer life. There are a few books. This one is, I don't know if you can see, there we go. The Power of the Praying Woman. Uh The Power of the Praying Parents. The Power of the Praying Wife, all by Stormy O'Martian. We need to be praying for our families, praying for our friends, praying for husbands and children and parents. We are called to continue earnestly in prayer. At this time of isolation from one another, I feel the Lord is very much calling us to be women of prayer. These are excellent resources that you can buy um, online and use during this time to really revolutionize your prayer time. Or don't. Don't. You can seek all throughout God's Word um, examples of beautiful and powerful prayers that we can... Intercede on the behalf of our loved ones and intercede on behalf of our church and our nation. But I do enjoy these, so just one little last plug. You can find it on Amazon or thriftbooks.com from very inexpensive, and it really just goes through praying scripture over those that we love. It was such an encouragement last Sunday that our president called for a national day of prayer. The Lord has been pressing on my heart that this season we are in of isolation and the spread of COVID-19 has been allowed by him for many purposes, one of which is that we would humble ourselves before him that we would seek Him more fervently, and that we would pray more earnestly. There is nothing like a stripping away of earthly comforts to bring us to our knees before God. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. We often talk in Christian circles about revival. A revival starts with the individual. May we use this time to humbly seek God with all our hearts. As David prayed in Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Jesus promised that when we pray according to the heart, to the will of God, We can say to this mountain, move, and it will be moved. Remember what I said earlier. Prayer is not a tool to manipulate God and our circumstances. Neither is it a dead religious ritual. Prayer is a precious time of fellowship with God. It is us as children going to our Abba Father with our hearts, it is also where and how we do battle against the evil one. Our world is in a desperate situation. And I'm not talking about coronavirus. We have been witnessing firsthand the enemy gaining ground in all areas of our culture. May we do battle in prayer for ourselves, our friends families, our church, our nation, and the world. I want to share a few verses with you about prayer before we end our time together. Write these down and study them on your own time. Matthew chapter 21, 21 to 22. Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has was done to the fig tree, But also, if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Next one. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Here's the last one. 1 John chapter 5 verse 14 and 15. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Colossians began with a view into the heaven, heavenly realm where God is and ends with an outward look to, toward those around us? How can we, we reflect God's glory and be the hands and feet of Jesus within the body within the body of Christ? First by surrendering to God in prayer. How can we effectively share the gospel with those around us? First, by surrendering to God in prayer. How can we suck strength from the very terror of the tempest? By surrendering to God's authority in prayer. My dear friends, let us make the most we can out of this interesting time. God is on the move. We want to make sure that we are moving with him. I'm going to pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you, God, for you are mighty, holy, and powerful. Father, I thank you for the Calvary Vista women Lord, remind them how much you love them, and that you see them, and that you hear them, and that you have good plans for them. Lord, I pray that we would all be redeeming the time. Lord, I pray that we would be fervent in prayer, that we would be interceding on behalf of our loved ones, our friends, and the nation, God. I pray that we would be humbling ourselves before you, that we would be holding our hearts before you and allowing you to do surgery on them. We love you, Jesus. We praise you. We give you glory. And we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.